Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Hey friends, this is Tom. I'm just going to give you a little intro here before you actually get into the episode where we interview Rich Lambert to go over a few things real quick and also to make sure that I thank our patrons because we were having such a good time talking that I didn't get to take a break in order to do that. So I'm going to put it right here in the front before the episode kicks off. And if you are listening on the Patreon feed, um, you're going to get some of the pre-show banter we had with Rich before we actually went into the episode proper. So if that's something you're interested in getting, then make sure you check out patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast, where you can sign up for extended versions of the show and ad free episodes and getting to chat with us on future episodes. You guys have heard of the whole thing, but I absolutely have to thank all of our patrons. Thank all 48 of you. Holy crap. 48 of you guys, and especially Jared B, who is Akatosh. He is our top level tier six patron and our two tier five patrons who get thanked every week. Noodle Al Dente and Steven R. Thank you so much to all of you, not just our top five and tier five and tier six patrons, but every single one of you. You guys are what allows us to do the show and even get the opportunities to talk like talk with guys like Rich Lambert from Elder Scrolls Online from Zoss and holy crap you guys are amazing thank you for giving us the honor of being able to do episodes like this you guys make this worth our while thank you so so very much all right i'm going to stop thanking you guys we're going to move into the episode enjoy the interview and let me know what you think i would love to hear your thoughts on this so reach out on the discord or on twitter or wherever let me know what you think about this interview we'll talk to you later this show is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash elder scrolls lorecast Scrolls Lorecast, a place where the Elder Scrolls community can come together to discuss the boundaries of our knowledge about the universe of the Elder Scrolls. Thank you, Bob Chichinsky. Bob says, nice job, Tom. Right button this time. Yay, I did the right button. Well, it's, you know, I got to put on my special uh, professional quality <laughs> podcasting brain yep. in order to yeah, no, uh yeah, do, the, do the show today because we have a very special guest today i am your host tom or robots and i'm here you can hear him in, uh, as well lotus of doom lotus what's up Hello. buddy 
How you doing? Yeah, not too much. Not too much. Not too much. We're just he's he's kind of more chill than I am about this because we got freaking Rich Lambert here. Rich, what's up, dude? How's it going? Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> if you guys don't know who Rich Lambert is, you what are you even doing with your lives? He's the creator, creative director of Elder Scrolls Online, and he has been kind enough to um, pull himself out of his meat coma tonight. Oh, <laughs> dude, it was so good. Oh, my gosh. What did you it eat? looked amazing via Twitter. <laughs> I, uh, I started uh, a brisket smoking this morning at oh. six o'clock. And so all day. All throughout meetings, all I smelled was brisket on the grill. Mm. And so we, we devoured it. I'm My, sure the dogs enjoyed just smelling that all day as well. <laughs> yeah. I bet. I bet. My wife has been watching that. Uh, the bar- There's like a barbecue cooking contest on oh, Hulu yeah. or something. Um, yeah. and, and it is freaking amazing. Like these, these barbecue chefs are like they're building their own cookers out of concrete and they're Absolutely, like 12 hour yeah. cooks and they start at night and they stay up all night in like the finale. It is, it's phenomenal. I've got a new appreciation for like what it takes to cook a brisket or whatever. So that, that yeah, sounds amazing. Advanced grilling. I mean, yeah. I'm not even at that level and it's amazing. I can't imagine what it would be like to be at that next level, you yeah. know, just how good it would be. Yeah. These people are amazing, but we're not here to talk about uh, brisket and barbecue <laughs> um, unless that barbecue is being uh Managed by Mayrun's Dagon, maybe yeah. I don't know. He's, I mean, the gates of Oblivion are pretty hot, so it's pretty hot. We're, I bet they've got some good yeah. barbecue in Oblivion. Yeah, nice smooth transition there. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> so thanks again Pro for joining. Podcasters, us. right there. Yeah, there you go. Pro <laughs> podcast, right, right there. Um, but thank you so much for joining us. We've got some some questions for you. We are very excited. I've got my pre-order in. I know Lotus has his pre-order in for the new chapter of Elder Scrolls Online coming out in what I'm gonna, like a month from today. When? What day? Is Just about. Just the about. first. First yeah. of June. The first, so first. not even a month. Yeah. Yep. My body. First is ready. in the eighth. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The okay. eighth is console. Yep. Right. Right. So I'm I'm PC I'm PC Master Race, so I get to get it a little bit earlier. Yeah. Than I, I I was gonna say I have <laughs> PC Master Race, and I play on my <laughs> my last gen console at this point because I can't get a PS5 yet. Oh, the, oh, the next no. gen upgrade is unbelievable. Not gonna lie, that's mainly why I want a PS5. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It, it blew me away the first time I put my hands on a controller and started playing it. Like it was unbelievable. So yeah, I can't wait for it to get out and people yeah, start the, playing it. The jump is really why I was like, okay, I I need I need that now. Yep. So I remember like six months ago, Lotus was like, I don't know, I'm fine with my PS4. It's fine. Maybe if they have like crossplay or something, I'll do an upgrade. And now you're like, no, it looks well, so good. I absolutely yeah. have to get one. <laughs> That's the thing. If if I mean, if I can ever switch just a straight PC because now my PC is way beefier than it was back in the day i would be happy with that but at the same time i'll take the next gen upgrade as well because i mean that's still better and it's like i've got the setup for it so i just need this to be running at maximum (laughs) for what it's able to yeah yeah so hey why don't we why don't we dig into some questions here because we've we've got a very limited amount of time um speaking about a new year of contents uh, this is something we've been through a few times i'm actually wearing the the shirt from elsewhere I that. that I picked up. I like uh, it. Yeah, last time I, I I got to meet you at in Vegas uh, a little over yep. a year ago, and uh, that's when I bought this shirt because you guys had all the, the shirts up there, and, and finally my resilience to actually spending money on things uh, was whittled away by the events, and I gave in and, and <laughs> bought a bunch of stuff that I had to try and stuff in my suitcase and get back on the plane. Um, so that was fun. Uh, but with the whole new year of content coming out, 
what I, I want to my, my first question is like personally for you because you play the games you don't just you don't just creatively direct the games you're a player as well and when it comes to sitting down and actually getting to play the new content once it's released it's in its you know full release state what are you most excited about digging into especially with this next year of content i'm always blown away at how the real voices change the feeling of everything when you're playing it so internally um, you know, I play the content, you know, five, six, seven times, you know, throughout various iterations and whatnot. And almost all of that is what we call RoboVO, where we have an internal kind of system that, you know, robotically generates all the VO. So we can do some base timings and scriptings and things like that. Uh, and you don't get any of the emotion. You kind of all imagine it in your head. And then when you actually get onto the live servers, that's the first time for the most part that I get to sit down and play through the content and hear um what the voice actors do and what they've added and it always blows me away always blows me away getting in there and just holy cow this this turned out so fantastic so you're saying you play through the game like four or five times with basically stephen hawking as your Yep. All, all of the voices yeah. in the game. Yep. I, it's, it's funny. I pictured Siri immediately just on yep. no phone. Actually, I already am going to trigger my phone, so I'm going to mute that before that <laughs> happens. But yeah, that's what I'm picturing. That. Yeah, and it's, I mean, you kind of get used to it, and you can almost read or hear emotion in the RoboVO now because we've been doing this forever. Um, but it's it's totally not the same. It's It's really mind-blowing how much different the stories feel when it's a real person reading that line yeah and the the voice actors that you get are, are very talented they're Absolutely. they're wonderfully talented um in fact the the voiceover and the sound effects in the game are so good that every so often when i stream the game i will play through a part and role play my character and that'll go up as like extra episodes on this podcast and people actually listen to them i was very surprised at first i was like i was like if people can watch a game stream then would would they listen to like bits and pieces of a story you know played through and they totally do and and it's it, it's not because of me it's because of the quality of the voice <laughs> acting in the game and the sound effects and and all of that stuff so it really yeah, does music, just yeah. The thing. yeah even if you can't see it like just hearing everything puts the images in your head that's how well done it is it's really amazing yeah, I, I think, um, and my wife actually tells me this all the time, but one of her favorite designers on the team is actually Brad Derrick, and he's our audio director, and so he's the guy that composes all the music, and she every time she, she runs into him, she's like, Brad... I haven't turned the music off yet. I still love it. And normally the first thing she does is she turns music off in games because it gets old quickly. Yep. And mm -hmm. she still has it on when she's playing. She just loves the, the music and the audio just overall. So it's it's pretty remarkable, um, just the, the whole package we have. Yeah, that's that's something I haven't done too. And, and usually I will turn the music down in order to hear the environmental sound effects and like where enemies are coming from and things like that. Um, but yeah, you're right. I haven't I haven't done that either. I haven't felt the need to. Which yeah, is I was going to say, to continue on that gauge, um, I don't know if anybody uses Spotify, uh, but that's <laughs> kind of my go-to for uh, listening to music and stuff like that. And um, when it does featured artists at the end of the year, and it gives you like your year in review, uh, the second mo most listened to uh, artist was actually Brad Derrick for me. So <laughs> that's amazing. Even, even out of game, I was like, oh, really? I was like looking through it. I was like, wow, I listen to the soundtracks to these games a lot, apparently. <laughs> so, yeah. 
Yeah, it is really, really good. Um, so let's move on to the next question. Um, the uh, this yearly formula that you guys have been doing, you've kind of refined it over the last few years. Uh, you know, the, the story of Elder Scrolls Online was launch and then some big changes and then one Tamriel and then kind of this year iteration with new content, new places to go, all sorts of new um, stories and then upgrades to the game, new uh, uh, character classes and, you know, the uh, what's it called where you find all the. And the artifacts and the uh, stuff in the ground. Antiquities? Antiquities. I was like, it starts with an A, but it's not artifact. Yeah, word. um, <laughs> words are hard. Uh, so you keep adding these things, but usually every year we get like a new zone, a new story, a, a, you know, some sort of interesting upgrade. Is is there anything at this point that we're going to see that might surprise us in the future? I mean, something like Companions d did kind of come out of left field. I don't know oh. that many of us were expecting that when you guys announced it. Um, no, it fits, but it's not something I ever assumed we would be getting. Actually, right. it, it didn't seem like that was going to be on the docket of things to expect. Sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the kind of the, the yearly cadence seems to be working. Mm -hmm. um, it helps us internally kind of make sure all the teams are driving towards kind of the same thing. Um, rather than kind of bouncing all over the place, we know for the course throughout the course of a year, there's a, a theme we can plan it out a little bit easier. Um, so that that's definitely helped us. Uh, it's also helped just players in general because now they kind of have a good idea of well, when I come in this year, where do I start? Well, this is how the year starts. This is kind of where it ends. It, it, it kind of makes sense. Um, so that is working i think we'll continue to tune and tweak and iterate on it as we kind of go forward um i don't know that it'll change a ton but um you know we, we definitely want to try to innovate and, and and change things and and keep people guessing and you know that kind of fits in with the new systems we add in as well you know i'm a huge huge fan of um finding new ways to get our players to interact with the world of Tamriel and, and how to play ESO. And I think the last few systems that we've added in kind of show that antiquities, the no, nobody knew what antiquities was or even thought it would be a thing. But when you, you break down kind of the core component of it, it's an alternate activity that isn't questing or killing because we've got lots of that. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but it adds to the exploration and the lore of the world. And that is what our you know, player base really loves is delving into the world and digging into that lore and the stories and, and whatnot. And so those are definitely in the forefront of my mind whenever we start talking about new things that we're going to add to the game. Yeah, yeah. And it was a surprise that came out of left field. I know uh, one of the things Lotus and I do all the time is, especially when a new year is coming up, is we like to hypothesize about like, what uh -huh. is it going to be? And I know a lot of people in the community like to do this. And it's something that I particularly enjoy, whether it's like when I'm watching a movie and I want to predict what's going to happen in the end. It's like a, ch a personal challenge for me to get in the minds of the creators and be like, OK, if I was writing this movie, this is where it would go. If I was designing the game, this is what I would do next based on everything I know about the world and the player base and what the developers have done. It's, it's kind of a neat puzzle, right? And it's mm -hmm. fun when you're absolutely wrong or when you're right. It doesn't matter. Yeah. The, the result is always fun because there's a big surprise or you feel like, oh, somehow I actually predicted that. Um, yeah. So it's, exactly. it's always fun to, but it's good to, to guess. It's, it's good to remember the 
you know, one thing you get correct and, and you just sweep the 19 <laughs> yes. things you got wrong under right. the rug and be like, look, I'm a prophet. Look what I came up with. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right on the money. <laughs> one of my buddies has a saying that even a broken clock is right twice a day. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah. And, and I mean, we love reading all of the, you know, all of that stuff as well. It's, it's really fun to, you know, see the theories out there and see what kind of people are hoping and, and wishing for. And, and like you said, sometimes they get really close, scarily close, and, and mm-hmm. other times they're way out in left field. But that's that's fine, right? That's that's the fun of this world. It's interesting since you say that. Does that actually like? Is that nerve wracking at all? If somebody like actually does hit something on the money and like you haven't revealed it yet, is that like oh, a yeah. weird feeling when yeah. it's like what the who's leaking? Yeah, sometimes that? somebody gets like, sent out the airlock they because get... they were like so <laughs> close. Right. Like, did somebody leak something? Like, yeah. you know, like it's it's it's. It's unnerving when people get it, you know, pretty much bang on, Um, Mm -hmm. especially when we don't accidentally leak it. Right. 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 (laughs) Yeah. Well, I feel like companions was one of those things that we should have predicted because it's such a big part of the single player experience. Yep. Um, And yet and I'm sure there have been times where they've talked to people have talked about it in the past over the you know number of years now. But it wasn't really in the conversation as far as I was noticing until all of a sudden you guys announced it. And and then even just watching the trailer that was just went up, I was like, this is I mean, this seems like something that could have launched day one with it. And I would have been like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Like it just 100 percent fits. But it's not like it was missing to the point where we were like, we need it. It just fits in. I think that that says a lot about the way that you guys process what you're doing with the design of the game and making it work uh, as as an MMO style, but still uh, inherently its soul is Elder Scrolls. And those two things melding together really work together in the way that you've been able to. And I'm sure it's a it's a very difficult, long, hard process, but you've been able to kind of tread that line in order to figure out how those two things fit together and make them work, which is is really cool and it's a credit to to you and the team i mean that's that's amazing it's definitely not been an easy road <laughs> yeah yeah i'm sure i'm sure it's a lot of work but looking back i'm sure you can also go well yeah i mean we we tried some things out but really like there's that general uphill climb you know over time and then things you, you progress so um the you speak about the lore with the um, the antiquity system and, and that being a core part that a lot of people go to in the game. Is there a chance? OK, so now that we've got like all these rumors about like, oh, Starfield might be out this year. Who knows? And the Elder Uh-oh. Scrolls. 6, Here we go. Yeah. The Elder <laughs> Scrolls 6 is on the on the next on the list for, you know, for for that team to to be working on and releasing. Um, it's, how does it work? Because this is going to be the first time with the Elder Scrolls 6 over who knows how many years from now it'll come out that there will be a mainline Elder Scrolls more traditional game released while Elder Scrolls Online is a thing. Is there... Assumedly. Assumedly. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm assuming it's going to keep being a thing. It's a successful, you know... We're not going anywhere. You're not going anywhere. It's a successful <laughs> yeah. game. We all keep playing it. You keep making stuff. We keep yep. buying it. It makes sense. Like, it's, it's going to stick around. But yeah, when it comes to the lore, is there... Like, are you guys going, okay, how do we tie these two things together? Uh, is the Elder Scrolls Six now being informed by the things that have happened in Elder Scrolls Online? From a lore perspective, I was going to say to to broaden that, like, since obviously you have to keep, I mean, you guys don't just write things willy nilly. Like, there's obviously a lot of thought to it. As I've been playing through the older games, I see so many of the connections that you all make these nods to 
games like shadow key that was on the end gauge and me and like 14 people have ever actually made it through <laughs> right and there's a pickpocketable item from there that's a star tooth and i'm like holy crap that was the quest item from shadow key yeah. like nobody's gonna get that reference like so clearly you tie it into the whole series like i i would say broaden that question to that like how much effort do you have to put in to link all of these games because this series is not new like this series is older than some of its players at this point oh yeah yeah absolutely uh it, it's it's a full-time job right in digging <laughs> through that like we have lehman who is our lore master right. that you know has to check us on all of these things our lead writer is well versed on this stuff you know i've been you know in elder scrolls universe for a heck of a long time you know oblivion was the first game that i worked on it at bethesda um and i don't even know all the things <laughs> and we have a, a really good relationship with the bgs team where you know if we're not sure about something or when we're pitching a new story idea um we pitch it to them first to make sure we're getting it right and doing mm -hmm. the the lore justice um, but it, it is a huge part of our process is kind of going through there, trolling through the 25 plus years of, of lore right. and all the different games to try to figure out what makes sense. And, you know, as you well know, we're in kind of this, this the second era and this interregnum and this, you know, kind of period of time where... Uh, not a lot is known and not a lot of records kind of survived this period because everything's at war. And so it gives us a lot of latitude to kind of do our own thing. Mm -hmm. But our goal is to make sure that it feels like it's part of the world and any chance we get to kind of tie into the world yep. um, and the other games, we try to do it. Yeah, because there's a lot of formative things that have been, been happening in the Elder Scrolls Online. Uh, having done a lore cast, this is something that, you know, is something that we talk about all the time. Yeah, um, what we need to learn. <laughs> right. But but even like uh, the things that are happening in the Aldmeri Dominion eventually lead to the events that uh, allow for the Thalmor to take power. Um, right. And and you have you, you have this long breadth of history, just like any really good fantasy novel. You know, we've talked about J.R.R. Tolkien multiple times, how there's this like wealth of knowledge underneath a book like The Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit because there was the Silmarillion. And if the if Skyrim and Oblivion and Morrowind are the Lord of the Rings, then Elder Scrolls Online is like the Silmarillion. It's the the stuff that kind of underlies everything else in the future that we've been playing already. Um, so it makes me wonder, like, how many of these things are going to be are going to loop back around and going to be formative for the next, you know, mainline yeah, like solo single player game? You know, like, go? and I'm sure I'm sure you and Todd and some other people have talked about these things, but it, it's just kind of interesting to to ponder this, you know, as a as a fan of the game. Well, especially because I don't even know where, like, we don't even know where the series is going going forward. Right. So yeah, we're like we're looking a thousand years prior to anything now to see like it's just that's such an immense period of time where it's like you kind of I, again it's one of the things i like about the design of some of the harder stuff in the game but you breadcrumb things that we don't realize are breadcrumbs until sometimes we've completed something it was like yeah oh you told me how to do that like 10 minutes ago and i just didn't realize that that's what you were telling me to do i was right. busy being like what is this and then it's like oh right that was the answer to how to beat that boss and i just didn't see it yet because i hadn't seen the boss right yeah i mean i think the best way to answer the question without getting myself in trouble is <laughs> of course. Um, we don't want you to get in trouble it is <laughs> so we want to know mean, as much look, as you can tell us i, I, I think <laughs> it's the kind of 
looking to how we tell stories and how BGS kind of tells stories in the world. And, and stories are told through the eyes of the people that are living in the world. There's no kind of omnipotent DM or, you know, God or whatever that says this is the truth, this is the single source of truth, and this isn't the only way it's happened. And so there's lots of different perspectives and lots of different ways to interpret an event or how it it happened. And so, you know, being able to make our interpretations on things that have been written in books and, and kind of show them to players um, has been amazing. And that's a core facet to telling stories in Elder Scrolls. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, we talk about that all the time. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, very much so. I uh, I mentioned this to Lotus a, a few weeks ago, but I was like, you know what? I think Manny Marco's going to come back. And he's like, what? And I'm like, that's one of my bold predictions. And if it doesn't happen, no one will remember I like that, that I said it. No one's going to remember. <laughs> right. But if it does happen, I said it first. Um, yes. Bold statement. Bold statement. That's, that's very bold. It's very bold. It's very bold. Um, so uh, let's let's move on. Um, so now that you've tackled the CP improvements and revisions that have taken you a very long time, lots of testing, mm -hmm. lots of work. Um, it's gotten a lot of positive responses from the community. A little bit of debate about it, but a, a lot of positive Me, response. I, I'm a positive response. I love the new CP. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, saying. I, I, I think it's I really cool, too. Like the old one, it was just. This is so much better. Yeah, the expansion on the, the levels, the, the way it's laid out, it's all very, very intricate and cool. And this is uh, kind of like we talked about before. This doesn't fit into the yearly formula. This is more of like an underlying thing that you guys have been working on for a long time. Um, from a personal standpoint, and obviously you don't have to reveal anything that can't be revealed yet, but what would you like to see tweaked and adjusted similar to something like this in the future? Are there, are there certain systems or the way the game works fundamentally from the beginning that still need tweaking in your mind i mean there's there's lots of stuff we are a lot smarter now than we were in 2007 when we first started building the game <laughs> yeah um, a lot smart like it is crazy you go back and look at that stuff you're like oh my god what did we do um so there, there's definitely a lot of what i'll call kind of like tech debt to kind of go mm -hmm. through and to, to look at and see if there's better ways to to improve um, and, and do things a little bit smarter. Um, I mean, I know there is. There's a lot of things. Uh, and, and so that is one of the, the big things on the list is kind of going through and auditing a lot of those systems and looking at them and, and um, you know, going through and, and adjusting them. I think a really good example of that is, is the CP system, right, performance-wise. I think a, another big part of that is... Um, you know, and we haven't quite got there yet, but the the whole concept of the database sharding, mm -hmm. which was the you have an active and an inactive database, and only the active database has all the characters that are loaded in. You know, like those kinds of things that weren't really in the forefront of your mind when you're building the game because you're focused on building it. Sure. Um, and now we're at the point where we're like, holy crap, we have over 18 million players now. Like we're starting to burst at the seams. How do we make these things stay up and how do we make these things performant? Right. So those, those are the things that we're looking at. You know, Cyrodiil is, is a, a huge one on our list right now is, you know, fix it, make the, yep. make the performance, you know, as good as, as launch was, um, you know, players love Cyrodiil. They love being in there, but it gets frustrating when you're fighting, you know, performance issues, the lag that, you sure. know, when the server is, is having problems. So those are kind of the first and, and foremost right now. Um, 
to, to kind of go through and, and clean up. And it's a big, huge, monstrous task because it's not as simple as, oh, well, we'll just change this this variable or change this line of code right? Um, because it's all based on you know, just load. And load issues are the hardest things for us to, to try and debug and, and fix. Yeah. Well, especially from that aspect is like in, in terms of the PVP side of things, like I prefer serial over BGs just because mm-hmm. I like the huge I, I mean it's I'm the first one to say it's like I love Zergs everybody's like oh Zerging sucks it's like no uh, Zerging is great that's how Medieval War worked like, I'm a Zerg surfer <laughs> I love it I love it that's that's that to me is fun like I love Castle Sieges where all three factions hit the same place at like an oh, empty yeah. like the final oh, empty it's like yeah, those are so fun it, it is it's so much fun but even outside of just like performance like you were saying trying to account for that many people just being in one place on varying degrees of internet alone on all sorts of, I mean, it's not even like it's just a US based thing, but just within the coasts of the United States, you've got people from California or East Coast or whatever, all wedged into the same place at the same time on different connections fighting that. It's like, I can't even fathom trying to keep that from just blowing up with what that is, let alone expanding out. It's like, okay, yeah, people are obviously casting every part of their rotation and there's people from, you know, all over the globe doing it. It's like, yeesh, that's, uh, <laughs> I don't yeah, envy, it's, it's, I don't envy it's that. It's economies of scale, right? Yeah. It, you know, and, and uh, there's actually a, a neat comment in in chat there from, from Bob where he's, you know, saying, you know, 18 million players times in characters you know that's yeah. a heck lot of uh, he, he said f ton but also yeah. heck ton yeah. of uh, of data and it, it really is you know when we have to plan for that where you know um when we did the um mail expiry finally oh yeah right like that that was a huge thing performance wise on the server and on the database side it, it sucks for the players because they've had this stuff stored up forever but just that one small change nuked over 50 uh, – I better get this right – nuked over 50 gigabytes on each server just in the database. Holy crap. What? Holy That's crap. weird. And also, these yeah. are just like simple little mails, right? Like, like they're not huge with huge attachments or anything like that. So just think of that um in, in terms of just sheer scale it's it's unbelievable yeah because it's like generally most of the mails are probably like literally one line i mean i wasn't helping the cause i had my original congratulations for being crowned emperor and uh, it had been there for three years yeah and i just refused <laughs> to get rid of it and then i had to screenshot it when it said one day left i was like right. no <laughs> yeah and we totally get that but it was it, it was just something that saved a ton of space yeah reduced sure. database sizes and that was just on one server yeah that yikes (laughs) wow yeah having having personally worked for some startups that were doing some game design and then for a marketing firm that did uh internet design like websites and and those kinds of things having to deal with servers and things like that this is one of the things that i see a lot in the community is people who are just like they're just like oh they they, can't they get this under control and la 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 and they can't unless you've worked in these things you don't understand how complex and large these kinds of issues can be especially with something like 18 million people across a game the size of the elder scrolls online like the scale of that is is very hard to imagine 
I still struggle with it. Yeah. You know, when an engineer comes to me and says, we can't do that for these reasons, I'm like, BS, we can totally do this. <laughs> we just throw more hardware at it. No, actually, that's not how it works. And here's why. And you're like, oh, okay, I understand now. Yeah. Um, but not everybody has an engineer that they can sit down and talk to and be like, okay, I don't understand this problem. Walk me through it. Right, right. Yeah, once you're in a situation where you work with somebody like that and their eyes yeah. get big and they look at you and go, uh, like, you know, yeah. that like I've hit the boundary of what's possible. We're going to yep. have to figure something else out. Yeah. Um, Lotus, do you have any questions you want to, you want to toss out? Um, well, I was going to say, I mean, we can kind of scoot along if you want. Cause I mean, specifically about that, like it's good to hear just because I mean, as I had mentioned, I, I prefer Cyrodiil in the grand scheme of things. That's kind of my go-to. So hearing that that's been a thing. And I mean, I already knew that to an extent because even though I mainly play on um, console, seeing all the tests being done and all of that, I knew you guys were messing with it to a degree. So, uh, you know, high, high hopes to be fair, I, as much as I I'm, all for if I have an issue with something, I'll certainly bring it up. But I, uh, as somebody who's played like uh, probably an unhealthy amount of PvP, um, I, I really, I feel like in that regard, sometimes I feel kind of lucky because my performance has never been that bad on PS4. I mean, it, it definitely gets a little chaotic, but it's like some of the things I hear, I'm like, I've never encountered that. So I'm not really going to complain about that. <laughs> so. That, yeah, I mean, it can, it can get bad, you know, empty oh, defense, absolutely. you know, you and can I mean, feel my it. Frame but... rates skip and stuff like that during yeah. crazy fights. But it's it's just funny because in the grand scheme of things, because, you know, I've talked to you and, and Finn and everybody else. I mean, I definitely have my things that I've been like, oh, I don't like this or whatever. Cyrodiil's actually I'm in like the super minority where I'm like, I don't know, my Cyrodiil runs pretty well for whatever reason. <laughs> so you live right next to a server. That's yeah, that's, like, that's, that's what it is. Yeah, that's that's, that's is. my cheat. That's my cheat code. I, I literally live next to a server. Yeah, there's yep. one in your house. They, they rent out your basement for a, a set of servers that run in your home. Um, well, I've, I've got a question to toss out there, just kind of a personal interest question. And this is okay. This is a quick question. I'm sure people ask this before. Uh, as a fan of the Dark Brotherhood, as so many people are, is there any chance we'll get more dark? dark we get some more dark more bubbies. Dark Brotherhood. More, more dark dark bros coming. Remember when expansion? I mean, anything is possible. Right? <laughs> anything's you know? possible. Any, anything's possible. Um, who knows? We've got a lot of years left under our belts to kind of dig through and, and stories to tell. So anything could happen. Yeah, I would love to see an expansion on those two expansions. You know, some like a return to those. I think that would be a mm -hmm. lot of fun. Um, and, and maybe, you know, some more uh, skills and things. You know, you can throw some other, <laughs> some other fun stuff in there as well. Lotus, do you have a, a question on the list that you want to? All right. So we out? can. Yeah. My next one is um, with story, lore and characters being so important in the series of Elder Scrolls as a whole. How much focus do you guys all need to kind of put on that as opposed to obviously you have a myriad of systems and you have dungeon designs and trial designs? How much of that is based on? what you're trying to portray in the story as opposed to the other way around like do you have one for try to fit the other a mix that's something that's definitely morphed over the years mm -hmm. um you know at the point we're at now story kind of drives everything okay that's and, how i felt so that yeah. kind of why i was interested in this yeah it, def it definitely does and it, it starts when matt and i matt's the the president and game director of, of zoss 
um, you know, when we start talking about what we want to go to and, and, you know, the stories we want to tell, that's what we focus on as stories. You know, where have we been? Where have we not been? What's the, the feel of the stories that we've told previously? How do we make that feel different? Um, and a lot of times we break things down to like one word type things. Elsewhere was revenge. Right. Yeah. Like that was that was kind of the feel, the theme, you know, um, Graymore was um, gothic. And so having that kind of one word kind of helps inform everything kind of going forward. And then I can sit down with the teams and start, you know, helping set some of the, the boundaries of the box of what the story is. Not necessarily all the beats and all the, the stories that go in there, but just kind of the major touch points that we want to make sure the players learn over the course of the year. Mm-hmm. And then the teams can go off and, and use that as, as a foundation for telling the stories and going to the locations we do. And the dungeon team's a big part of that as well. They're rolled into those so that when they're telling their stories in the dungeons, they can tie into the overarching storyline. Um, and provide some more context and backstory for the entire year. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. So I guess I could kind of combine this because it's one of the ones I listed as like a follow up. But um, how much freedom do you all have since this is we had kind of made reference to it earlier in the grand scheme of things. But like to, to narrow that down a little bit more, I mean, ESO being a prequel and it's, you know, like we had mentioned, a larger part of the series as a whole. How much freedom do you have to do what you, you know, do your own thing with the story, because obviously you need to kind of fact check and lore check the grand scheme of things. But how much, I guess, just on a whole, do you have uh, like, I, I again, like freedom in trying to tell the story you want? And do you have to have it go through a myriad of things to approval processes yeah approval processes i mean you'll obviously have some of that but it's like if you have something specific in mind would you be able to pull that off or could it be tailored or how would you go about it it depends on what it is so uh you know we get a lot of latitude to kind of do our own thing and tell the stories we want to tell 
um, as long as they fit within the lore guidelines and the, and the world. Sure. And there, there are some things that are obviously sacred cows and not something we'll ever dig into. And we, we've learned that over the years. Yep. You know, P.S. We're never going to tell you where the Dwemer, you know, yeah, what, mm-hmm. what happened to the Dwemer at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, not surprised. <laughs> right. Um, but uh, we do get a lot, a lot of freedom. And uh, that kind of trust in us has grown over the years as well. You know, early on, it was it was a lot harder to do things. You know, dragons for me was one of the biggest things I wanted to do for launch. Mm-hmm. And it was like, nope can't do it can't do it can't do it and then elsewhere we were allowed to do dragons yeah that was uh, a surprise to a lot of people contentiously yeah. in some situations where it but was it, it made sense though yeah i was right? gonna say I, I i mean i'm i'm of the camp that i thought it fit i, I don't yeah. know it didn't it didn't even strike me as weird personally i was like okay well we know they're not dead like some right. of them are dead but like i don't i don't know that that one didn't strike me as exceptionally peculiar as long as they were done well and i thought they were so yeah and 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 that's basically how our our relationship works with bgs right Mm. is you know we can have those those difficult conversations and some stuff is just too far out there yeah and we'll never really dig in there um but you know, we've definitely been able to go pretty much everywhere in the world now. Yeah. Uh, and tell stories, um, a lot of very different stories uh, about a lot of very different things. Um, so I think we've done a, a pretty good job overall. And, and you know, we've got a, a pretty good relationship with those, with those folks there. That's great. Um, when it comes to exploring different places in the world, do you, do you enjoy tackling new regions? Or do you like revisiting other like region like the Skyrim stuff? Like we'd been there and we're revisiting it or Morrowind, you know, been mm-hmm. there revisiting it. Or is it more fun to just go to a place we've never been before and have free reign or at least as much rain as you can to make it your own thing? I think any creative person will tell you they would much prefer to do their own thing, Carblosh. Um so, you know, making brand new things from whole cloth is always a ton of fun. Um, but being able to go and build upon what's already established, you know, going to Skyrim and telling a different story in the Skyrim world so people get more of an understanding of what that is, um, that's also, you know, a huge challenge and something that, you know, we enjoy doing. And that's kind of why we do things the way we've been doing them where we'll kind of mix and match that going and doing somerset was fantastic because there was almost nothing known about Mm -hmm. those islands and then that area Uh, and so we got to really play with things but morrowind was fantastic skyrim was fantastic for its own different things you know reimagining those areas almost a thousand years before you know we got to show you vivic city being built like how freaking cool is that yeah yeah yeah, and when you think about real world locations, you know, like uh, there there are places you can go in our own world that are a thousand years old and there's still structures standing there. Yeah. But they're, you know, they're different, they're ruined or there's new structures on top of them. And mm-hmm. um and it's almost the difference between starting with a writer's prompt or not. Right? And right. both can be enjoyable in their own ways. So yeah. it's kind of it's kind of fun. I think if it. you only did one thing, yeah, it would, it would get old. But yeah it's always different for us and everything's changing. And that's, that's kind of the magic of, of why we're still going as strong as we are now. Yeah. Lotus. So I guess based on kind of talking about that and, you know, referring to tackling some 
ideas that have uh, already been touched on in the series, we can kind of move a little bit into the other half where we can um, get some background on you, Rich, and what you oh have to do with the series. So <laughs> I um, can tell you enjoy like uh, talking about yourself. Yeah. So <laughs> well, we'll it's easier to talk about the game. Hopefully, no, we'll, I'm whatever. Well, this is good. This is good. Yeah, yeah we can do this. Fine. We'll, we'll softball you. Uh, How did you get involved with the gaming industry as a whole? Completely by sheer dumb luck. <laughs> Why so, is that so uh, common? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, seriously, like I've always been huge into into video games, playing games. Like it's always been a huge, huge passion. Yeah. But I always thought that games were made by a few people. They were perfect. As soon as they like, they were just typing in code, and an artist would do some art, and then it was done. I had no idea that there was this huge involved process in this iterative, you know, this iterative cycle. Wait, that's not how it's done? Right. It's pretty, oh, pretty amazing. What? Well, I uh, guess I can't just pick this up as an after work activity. Oh, all right. <laughs> and, you know, I went to school. I was, I was going for, you know, my business degree. And I thought that I was going to be, you know, a, 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 golf pro like that's what i wanted to do that's what i okay. wanted to be i was i was um you know teaching junior clinics and and things like that so like that was what i, I wanted to be a teaching pro i didn't think i was ever good enough to be a, a pga tour pro player but you know a teaching pro um and one one summer in between semesters one of my buddies got a job testing video games at ea hmm, okay. he's like, dude i just got a job testing video games and i straight up told him that was bs like there's there's no such thing right? no possible way <laughs> they just it's, come out no, perfectly nobody dude. has to test them and he's like you know they're they're hiring so give me your resume and i'll, I'll put it in and so i was like yeah yeah whatever so i put it in and i got a call like a week later wow. and i went for their kind of test which was um they had a, a vhs tape they they played that was full of bugs on it and they were like, write down as many bugs as you can in the next 20 minutes. <laughs> and that was my test. And so I was writing bugs and I, I filled like a notebook of like, I just, all these, these things. And they basically hired me on the spot then. That's amazing. And it was supposed to just be a summer job. <laughs> and, uh, it turned into, uh, instead of a contract, it was, you know, a, a part-time over 25 hour contract that lasted like seven years. Okay. That's wow. a pretty involved part-time <laughs> contract. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I just kind of went from there. I spent seven years in QA and then moved into production and then moved into design. And then now I'm the creative director and it's been... 25 years 26 years mm -hmm. okay that's amazing yeah <laughs> sheer and utter dumb luck wow yep yeah a lot um, of people ask these questions <laughs> there's a, there are a lot of people in the community that being you know working with a you know game studio or or something like that is is one of their things on their list of like oh it'd be nice to do this but yep. um i feel like the path and i've heard other people talk about this the path continues to change and evolve as studios have evolved and grown and, and those kinds of things. Do you think it's um, for somebody starting today? Do you feel like that's still a path that would work for them? Yeah, it does. It We at, at, at Zoss, we do a lot of hiring from our QA team mm -hmm. um, so much that 
we've been told stop because you're you're poaching <laughs> poaching all, all you the know QA a lot of talent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we won't be able to QA anymore. Stop it. But yeah, it's definitely a path. It's a hard path. Like sure. QA is not glamorous. No, um, I've depending, worked QA briefly. It's right, and depending not, on where it, you are, it's better than than some other places. Um, but it, it's totally not glamorous. Um, I think, you know, as a hiring manager now, the things that I look for um, are, you know, the passion, like going and getting your degree in game design or whatever. That's great and all. But to me, the most important thing is showing me that passion. So if you want to be a writer, show me this portfolio of your writing. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to be a designer, mm-hmm. show me the mods you're working on. Show me, you right. know, that kind of stuff. That is the best way to prove to somebody that you want to be a designer. Um, it doesn't have to be a triple A crazy, crazy good quality either. Like it just has to show thought process and taking a concept from your brain to paper to in-game somehow mm-hmm. and how you how you translate that and that's that's a huge huge thing and something that i wish they pushed a little bit more in schools oh sure. yeah um, oh yeah you know like yes it's great that you know how to do these things and and you know you've gone through that but if i can't see the work i can't evaluate what kind of designer or, or writer or whatnot you're gonna be um, and that's a huge, huge part. Yeah, I have yeah, a 20 year old. I have a 20 year old daughter and a 10 year old son. And mm-hmm. one of the things that I continually still try to teach him, even my 20 year old daughter, of course, I'm still her dad, um, <laughs> is that the world does not work like it used to. And if right. you want to work in the career that you want to work in, do it for free as much as you can until somebody will pay you to do it. <laughs> yeah, and, there, and it doesn't, a, it doesn't a mean slope with that statement right but right yes. but like if, if you if you want to be a game designer then start designing your own games start okay. doing it start modding your own stuff so that when you finally get that interview you can say here's the portfolio of work that i have this is all the yep. effort i've put into it these are the processes i've gone through you've and basically you're gonna you're gonna answer all their questions for them because they're gonna see that you yeah. either fit the job or you don't and yep. that's the that's the best way to interview for anything is to just be able to show them, hey, I can already do the job. I'm also really driven. <laughs> OK, so you sound sound like a good candidate. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, you know, I get a, a lot of people, you know, either fresh out of college or just random people are like, hey, you know, I have good ideas on making video games. How can I get into the industry? Uh, and. I hate that question because everybody has ideas, right? There's no such thing as an idea person uh, in in the games industry anymore. Everybody has ideas. And the best ideas come when a bunch of people get together and they collaborate on something. And so what you need is, is the skills to translate ideas into working designs or working art or working, you know, words yes I was say, <laughs> fiction right <laughs> right, um, right ironic it, words was the hardest one to come up with <laughs> it always is can you tell what i'm good at <laughs> um so so yeah it's, it's definitely changing and morphing as, as time goes for sure and and you know it can still happen you can still you know make your way up through through the qa track it's it's definitely hard yeah 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 well there you go guys there, everyone who's thinking about getting game stuff start doing it on your own Start, mm-hmm. start just doing things. 
you're gonna you'll learn so much just by doing stuff i mean it, it comes to like podcasting too like there's no podcast track in high school right right there's there's i mean i guess you could go into like broadcasting or something but you just yeah. have to do it you just have to do it and then you do it and then you listen to yourself and you go well that's cringy and then you do it some yeah. more and you listen to yourself and you go that's a little less cringy and then you just keep yeah. doing it and then eventually you figure it all out um it's just the, the iteration nature. is huge. Yeah, exactly. It's never it right the first like, time. And if right. it is, it's sheer and utter dumb That's luck. Sheer luck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Say. Absolutely. Yeah. Lotus, um, do you have another one you want to toss out? Yeah. So in regards to that, um, since you apparently started way back with EA and, you know, QA, when did you get introduced to the Elder Scrolls as a series? Well, I think Daggerfall was probably the first one that I really started wow. digging into. Daggerfall <laughs> player, impressive. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I had my issues with it. I think I had my save corrupted two or three times before I, I was like, I mean, it is Daggerfall, <laughs> right? Um, uh, I think Morrowind was probably the one that I really fell head over heels for. Like, I can remember saying to myself. Uh, and actually going and spending a bunch of money on a PC so that I could actually play it in all its glory. Like that mm -hmm. was that was kind of the game. Um, it was just so wild and and whatnot for me. And then it wasn't actually that much after that when I was fortunate enough to get a job at Bethesda and start working on Oblivion. Mm -hmm. That's that was That's, my entry into the series was Oblivion. It was I, Oblivion. I, I tried to get into Morrowind. Um, and I, I was, you know, I'm old enough to have been playing games in the 90s when the other ones were out, but I was just playing other games. I, I, mm -hmm. I guess I didn't have friends who were playing those games, and so I didn't take the dive to try them out. And it wasn't like there was, you know, YouTube or, could, or Twitch where I could watch somebody do it and be like, oh, I want to try that. Um, if it didn't show up in a game magazine or something, then you didn't really know much about it. Um, yep. But yeah, and that's something that it was Oblivion, the first game you worked on, it was the first game I, I played and um, have been into role-playing games and those kinds of things for a long time. But it was, that game was uh, formative for me as a player because it was one of the first times I truly felt like I was role-playing my character and the game brought me to that rather than me imparting that on the game. If that makes sense. Like I remember, I remember going to visit my parents and uh, they were like, so what's new? And I was like, oh, there's not really a whole lot new. And, but the only thing I had in my mind was oh, I've been playing Oblivion. I've been playing. I'm thinking my parents are not going to want to hear me talk about the game. And I'm like, well, that's OK. I'll talk about it. And I spent like an hour telling them about how this game was so well designed that it had me entering a world that I didn't understand and feeling the need to explore that world in order to continue le and learn more about it because i was i was being pulled into it and there's some there's something magical about that and it's something that i don't know persists to this day when you play these games uh, it, it has to do with the lore has to do with the characters um and it's one of the reasons why i wanted to do a show like this was to dive more into understanding what's underneath this universe because like i was surprised to find out there were vampires i had no idea I became a vampire and didn't know what was going on and why I had these crazy dreams. And all of a sudden the sun hurts me. And I was like, there's not, there's not vampires in this game. There are, there are vampires in this game. Uh -huh. I had no idea. You know, like I was discovering things by living in the world, which is kind of the way the world works. You're just kind of thrown into it. And then you just have to discover things because, you know, there's no owner's manual on your life. Right. That's right. Yeah. So that, I don't know. For me, that was a big, big thing. 
It's it's that freedom to kind of explore the world at your own pace and not really being on rails, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's the that's the big, big aspect of the world. And and the games treat you as an intelligent person. They don't mm-hmm. you don't meet somebody who worships uh, Meridia. And there's all of a sudden dialogue that says Meridia is the Daedric Prince of. Oh, and by the way, Daedric means this. And like, you know, like you just <laughs> right. just like in the real world, when you meet somebody, and they use a word you haven't used before. You don't always get the chance to have them define that word for you. You just have to hear it in context a few times and then start to kind of make out what it means. And then you can explore it through just the the situation of being in that world. Um, I don't know. There's something there's something very powerful about that, and it treats the players like they're intelligent human beings, not people who have to be you know spoon fed all the little details. Which makes it so much more fulfilling when you start to really understand those little details and the little nuggets of the lore and how things connect. I agree. It's a remarkable <laughs> world. Remarkable yeah. world. Yeah. Well, I'll stop talking because we should have you talk some more. So, um, <laughs> well, it makes it feel very lived in. Like it right. makes it feel real using mm-hmm. that. So, um, one quick question, just because it's a pretty good one from chat uh, from Alonso. Uh, what exactly was your title on Oblivion? Before we get into more Oblivion-based things, I was uh, I was a producer, so okay. I was leading the the tech team. So there you go um, for the consoles. Mm. which was where I played. So, right. <laughs> um, can you give a little insight is to your specific connection since you worked on oblivion and it was, you know, your, your kind of, I guess, you know, entrance into the development side of elder scrolls on, uh, as a whole, um, this obviously this season is going to have some type of strong connection to you. Can you elaborate on that at all? I think I've I think I've said this a, f- a few times, but um, Marion's Dagon is probably my favorite prince in the lore, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, and so being able to go in and kind of show <laughs> not musically more more about him, right, and and let players kind of dig into his kind of inner thinking and kind of how his his world works, um, and then being able to go in and, and really you know explore a little bit more of the Deadlands, you know yep. you're gonna see. Um, bits and pieces of that in the Blackwood chapter, but in the fourth quarter, you're going to get to spend a lot of time there. Well, nice. it's interesting because Dagon also uh, has kind of his face value of, I blow things up and I have, you know, a lot of arms, but there's like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> there's uh, there's several layers to him that when we've discussed Dagon on the Lorecast in episodes and actually shout out to uh, my friend Loctavian. We had kind of like a March Madness style elimination tournament over coolness of Daedric Princess <laughs> for a podcast on his channel. And um, Dagon has a lot more to the character than just blowing everything up and it's it's interesting because I feel like not a lot of people see that at first. Um, I'm currently playing through Battlespire, which is an experience in and of itself. For, you know, Daggerfall ran like a dream compared to the way Battlespire kind of <laughs> runs on a modern day system. But that, you know, super relates to Dagon's assault on the Battlespire. And in general, you know, the farther back you look, there's references to him being more of a, a, 
object of hope as opposed to destruction and stuff like that. So that's change interesting. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Change. I was going to say it, yeah. change it is a, a big part. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's, I'm very curious to see how you all fill more of that story out. Cause his oblivion version was okay. I'm invading Tamriel. Like that's right. pretty straightforward. You don't really do the straightforward thing so much in elder mm -hmm. scrolls online. So I'll be curious to see what the twist around this is uh you know go, going forward then if that's the case yeah it'll be it'll be fun to see everybody put it together <laughs> <laughs> yeah so on a on a scale of uh between like one and freaking awesome how was it <laughs> how, how what would you rate being in oblivion in elder scrolls online the first time and then seeing like gigantic multi-arm mayroon's dig on walk past you was it was pretty awesome. It's pretty know, awesome. The, the, the very first time, uh, and I mean, it, over the course of development, I see it in all kinds of different stages. Yeah. Right. I, I see it in the checkerboard stage and the gray box stage, um, <laughs> where you just get kind of rough, rough shapes. Right. Everybody knows what I mean by checkerboards because uh -huh. I see pictures posted on Twitter all the time about finding the checkerboard <laughs> worlds. Um, so I, I see it in a bunch of different you know, different states. But that first time I walked into an oblivion portal with the kind of the final world building and the final art, I was just like, holy crap. Like, this mm -hmm. is unbelievably cool. Uh, and then the first, uh, well, I won't, I won't spoil it, but seeing Mayroon's Dagon uh -huh. um, in all his glory was pretty freaking awesome too. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things that was, I feel like was a limitation of its time back when oblivion came out was this like you get to the end scene and you have giant Maroon's Dagon and then you got the big dragon right and they mm -hmm. fight and they're they're standing over spoilers. the city spoilers <laughs> spoilers to like a 13 year old game at this point um, but yeah we've talked about this on the show everybody knows if they listen to the lore cast that we're going to be talking about spoilery things um, right. but as long as it's not current season of ESO spoilers those are really right, the only ones right we ever usually we, we kind of hold out on that for a good six months or so um <laughs> but I feel like that must have been like a hardware limitation. Like, I can't imagine that you didn't it didn't come through the minds of you guys in development of like, well, you can have this gigantic guy stomping around in oblivion when you go through a portal, you know, and then it's just like, well, can we really pull that off? I mean, was it not something that was considered? I know this is kind of off off to the side. I mean, everything is is always considered. Yeah. Right. Generally, um, designers will come up with just batshit crazy ideas <laughs> and then we try to figure out how to how to do that and a lot of times you can't do what you were originally thinking but you find a way to get something close uh -huh. and okay. yeah as as technology gets better and better and better you know you can start to do more and more things uh and and so you, you're starting to see that um even in over the course of eso like right. you look at our launch content I yeah. what we did and now what we can do uh it's it's pretty remarkably different yeah it it's it's pretty noticeable the the difference in the just artistic quality of mm -hmm. starter zones compared to later zones and uh, i've from from pts alone which isn't even finished you've got city of ash one and two with the deadlands right and then you've got the deadlands now and it's like wow that's you made hell look pretty <laughs> yeah. kind of weird like that's, huh. part of that is we're a lot smarter than we were when we did that originally but the other part is just the technology has changed and yeah, we can sure. just do more yep um 
Interesting. That's that's fascinating because, again, rarely, I mean, I guess outside of a living world like Elder Scrolls Online, will you actually get to see in the same game right. a shift that dramatic where you can mm-hmm. even go from... you. Don't need to switch this. Oh, I don't need to go to a different game. It's just like, oh, here's where this year was. And here's where this year was. And it's like, oh, wow, there's actually like a noticeable improvement in just the visual fidelity as you move forward. Or there's more things happening, even if it's just like because, again, I've always thought the game like looks good or whatever. But then it's like, well, there's more happening, even if it still looks good. But now we're doing more things at the same time. So. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Every time we've had an expansion where something is different, you know, I mean, you can talk about the dragons or you can talk about or even just some of the story things that happen in Somerset. And the first time you like are standing there with like three Jade princes who are like larger than life arguing with each other. Yeah. And you're like, oh, crap. Look at those guys. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Maybe we are kind of like ants to them. I get it. I kind of get it. Um, you know, like anytime you get to have one of those experiences, especially when it breaks the boundaries of what you come to expect from the game is always exciting as a player. I'm sure it's fun to, to develop that stuff it, too it and is, see people react totally to it. It's totally fun for us to kind of change things up. Yeah. Yeah. Lotus, you got any other questions? I guess. Uh, all right. So this is kind of almost like a two part thing, but we'll so, so ESO is both very similar and different from other games in the series for obvious reasons. Um, And you were there from the beginning phases because you've been with ESO since its conception, as far as I know. I have been. Okay. Number two. Number two hired. Okay. Okay. That's what I thought. Um, I think it might have been the Lore Seekers that I heard that on. There was Mm -hmm. like you were right there at the start. So freaking Jimmy. Um, Jimmy. Number one hire. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the thing I wanted to get into is the genre shift. Like what, what spurred that? Like, I mean, there's been very little dabbling into multiplayer within the series. It's not the first that shadow key again, what was technically it had Bluetooth play over engage um, and, and battle spire had some mess, but like, other than that, this is, this is the real full dive into multiplayer and then more so massively multiplayer. It's not just like a co-op aspect. So what, what spurred the genre shift, I guess, since you would have been there since the start? Well, um, I don't want to say that it was all me, um, (laughs) but I think uh, the story that I love to tell about this um, is, you know, when I first started at Bethesda, you know, I'm a huge MMO player, you know, so Ultima Online, The Realm, like pretty much anything that came out, I played it. Um, EverQuest, I met my wife in there, you know, we're still married. Like, oh, that's, cool. that's awesome. Like a huge, huge online gamer. Like I love, love the genre. And uh, I would pester Todd a lot about, hey, you know what? This game would make an awesome MMO. Awesome, awesome MMO. And he'd be like, yeah, yeah, whatever. No, go away. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Go away. We're, we're worried about this other stuff. Um, and I would bug him fairly often over the course of, you know, the first two years that I was there. And then one day I got a call to go down to Rockville because I was up at the, the the small satellite office that we had with our tech group. And he was like, 
we need to chat. And I'm like, uh oh. <laughs> I'm so in trouble. I, I shouldn't have put that That's extra right. sticky note on his desk that said uh, MMO question mark uh, seven <laughs> times in a row. <laughs> Actually, it was, it was more than seven. But, um, <laughs> and uh, when I got to his office, um, Matt Fyrer was sitting in his office with Todd. And Todd was like, Matt, this is Rich. All he talks about is MMOs. All he wants to do is make MMOs. He's like, Rich, this is Matt. We've hired Matt on to, you know, explore what an MMO might mean. He's like, Matt, please take Rich. Please take Rich. Like, he is the MMO guy. Please do this. And we talked for like three hours that day and I got hired and we've kind of, you know, done that forever um since um so i mean obviously todd and you know and senior management you know wanted to do this for a long time um i like to think i escalated it because i was just a pain in the ass yep um (laughs) you gotta be whatever um, works but that's kind of you know at least for me that was kind of the what i saw from the the outside you know and then once we were actually on the team and, and going through and looking at that stuff um, we had a lot of really hard, difficult conversations about what Elder Scrolls with friends meant. Um, yeah. Just trying to figure out what that meant, how it was going to work, and you know, we didn't get it right. Launch was not what players wanted. Yeah. Um, and you know, you all loudly let us know that. <laughs> and so, um, what the internet you know, that, <laughs> complaining about things? What? We're so <laughs> relaxed. <laughs> <laughs> that first, you know, year was really tough, and we, you know, took a really hard look at the game we made, and and you know, the core was really good. We had a, a really good foundation, um, but it wasn't quite Elder Scrolls enough. And so we spent a lot of time kind of going through and really reevaluating what Elder Scrolls meant and how that was going to translate. And that's where things like when Tamriel came from, where it was get rid of this level gated kind of theme parky kind of, mm-hmm. you know, hand holds you through the world and just give players the freedom to explore the world the way they want to. Uh, you know, that's where Dark Brotherhood and Thieves Guild came from. That's where, um, you know, a lot of these other systems started coming online that helped uh, improve the exploration aspect of the world. Uh, and, you know, that, that you know, getting to launch, getting to live for the, that 1.0 version was, was really, really tough. Um, but changing the game was even tougher mm-hmm. and, and going through that process. And uh, I'm super proud of the team, you know, to be able to kind of stick through that and be like, you know what, we're not going to quit. We're going to go through this. I'm super thankful for, you know, the senior management team who is like, you guys have a good game. Now go fucking fix it. Right. Like, <laughs> um, they could have, they could have pulled the plug, you know, if, if we were at, you know, some other places, they probably would have just been like life support, milk this as long as we mm-hmm. can and then shut it down. And they didn't do that. They knew a, the IP was super strong, but they knew we had a core game there. Yep. We were just missing some, some bits and pieces. And so they gave us the time and the, the opportunity to do it. And we jumped on it and now look what we got. I exactly. Well, that's, that's awesome. Interesting. You say that. Cause, um, I way back, obviously before the other show that I'm on tells of Tamriel, I would listen to them and they were, hyped in advance for that long before I had anything to do with podcasting. Mm -hmm. And when they talked about (laughs) the competition that was kind of coming out along with you guys, uh, 
it's it's funny because the story that you just told is so much different than the story of so many of the other games that came out around the same time, which are no longer yeah. around. Yeah, it's <laughs> um, hard. Yeah. yeah, Elder Scrolls Online persevered, whereas things like Wildstar did not. And mm -hmm. it's like originally it was like, oh, man, there's all these big games and, you know, there's kind of not that many from that realm that came out that are still around. It's just kind of Elder Scrolls Online and Final Fantasy, both of which are doing great in their own way. You know what I mean? So it's mm -hmm. like they yeah. cover different markets and yeah. stuff and, like and that. Wow. So it's so, fascinating. And that too. But... Well, WoW has been around since right. basically before. Right. I everybody was, was chasing. <laughs> everybody was chasing the WoW formula. So it's like, sure, absolutely. Well, it's just so many, so many other um, of those games. But <clears throat> I guess I mean you kind of answered some of it, but like. What was, uh, are there any other things that you specifically remember that you were trying to do? Because the way you had mentioned that it's like the game came out and you did have a good game because it, it felt good. I mean, I, I played at beta, but I actually didn't jump super into the game for a while. Right. Um, I, I dabbled with it because a bunch of my friends got it and I was, I love the IP. So I was like, oh, this is okay, but I'm not an MMO player, which is what's kind of, Yep. That was the selling point that you guys had a tough time with me at first because mm -hmm. it felt much more like an MMO to start with. Now it feels like an Elder Scrolls game with a lot of other people involved. Mm -hmm. right. And sometimes, you know, Argonians are sleeping on bridges. Yeah. Things it, like well, that. You know. yeah. <laughs> Play um, the way you want. <laughs> exactly. Um, you, you had mentioned some. Is there anything else you can think of specifically that you kind of redirected to try i mean obviously the one tamriel thing made it feel very much like an elder scrolls game because you could walk around it, it you weren't gated like that mm -hmm. um is there anything else like you can think of that specifically was kind of like a red flag at the start and since then you guys have corrected just because so much has changed and it feels so much like a normal elder scrolls game but just in a different genre as opposed to it felt like an MMO with an Elder Scrolls name, if that makes any sense. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's there's lots of lots of examples I could give. Um, you know, one of the things you know early on that we kind of decided was because this is an online game, we wanted to make sure that there were reasons for players to play with other players. Yep. And so some of our tuning was kind of off in that regard. You know, we we kind of missed the mark on just how many players wanted to play the story by themselves gotcha. and so we spent a lot of time kind of going through early on at launch trying to fix a lot of those things and, and as a result we decided that you know any crit path story was going to be soloable um, and so there's there's a, a crit path throughout all the zones where you know you can go through and and you know, solo through all of that and, and hopefully have a good time soloing where it's just the right amount of challenge for, for you know most people uh, I think another really big thing that we totally missed the mark on was um, what I'll call kind of world-changing events in quests, where you go in and, you know, the world is on fire or not mm. on fire in one, and then it is in another, or it's totally under attack, and then when you're done, it's no longer an attack. Mm -hmm. That sounds fantastic on paper, and that is fantastic as a solo player game. It is awful in a multiplayer setting because you separate all your players from each other I remember, and you can't ever play with your friends i remember trying to figure that out because again i'm not an mmoer yes. and i had completed something and i went back to help somebody with theirs and i'm like and you're gone you're just a chevron why can't yeah. i see you and uh -huh. i was like oh wait because this 
town is saved in my game. They're like, everything's on fire and Daedra are killing everyone. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you're on your own. I'm going to go fishing. And <laughs> yeah. and that was a that was a, a problem that we spent a long time. I, I personally spent six months working to undo a lot of those things and we yep. still have these you know world changing events um but they're in a, a smaller group instance now yep. uh, or they're on a specific layer um or you know the change is now more visual you know this npc is there or they're not there right but we yep. don't we don't split you up like we used to so you can still always play with your friends yeah cool yeah yeah, that's definitely one of the things that's uh, uh, people ask about a lot. You know, like, can I play it on my own? Like, we still get questions. You know, uh, yeah. we'll, we'll stream oh, yeah, it or, or, you know, uh, during the show. Like, hey, this sounds fun. Can I play it on my own? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, most of the time I play it on my own, too. You know, especially yep. when there's new story content out. Like, I, I want to take that at my own pace. I want to explore yep. it how I want to explore. If I come across a side quest and I want to go do that for a little while, I just want to go do that. You know, like. If all of a sudden I get an itch to craft something, I want to stop and go do that, you know, like, but at the same time, <laughs> if there's, you know, a, a bunch of friends hopping on and they're like, hey, we're going to do a thing, I want to be able to do that too. And it's, uh, you guys have been able to facilitate both of those things so well. And I think that's part of what makes the game so appealing is that the stories are good. The lore is good. You can dive in and get that stuff. But then when you have friends who want to do other things, you can still join them yep, and absolutely. go hang out. Um, and it works really well for both ways. Uh, we're getting close to the, the end of our show. Do we, yeah. do we have anything else so that we want to toss out there? Most important question <laughs> of all, um, which I know that, um, Bob Chichinsky and Chad and, uh, our friends over at the red diamond, uh, Korea will really appreciate yes. because they love the fact yes. that I bring this stuff up yes. all the time. Yes. So, and we, but, should, um, we should preface this with, we did a patron episode. So once a month yes. on the show, we have some of our patrons join us and chat about things. And we had a, an episode where we all got to talk about our favorite factions and all of okay. the patrons who were on the show happened to be of the same mindset as Lotus and I. So we, yeah. so we declared on that episode, all like seven of us that were on the show <laughs> that this specific faction is the best. And right. Lotus, I see where this is going. Huh? Yeah. Uh -huh. So, I mean, you, you, politely have all three flags behind you and i know oftentimes <laughs> <laughs> i know oftentimes you've got uh your representation of the daggerfall covenant but you you know ebonheart packs the best right i gotta disagree with that statement oh my god <laughs> no i gotta disagree that. with that i'm a oh. i'm a blueberry through and through i do have characters <laughs> on the other alliances but um, my highest ranking pvp -er is on the Daggerfall Covenant. Oh, oh. Oh, uh, you could redeem yourself right here on the what, show. <laughs> what, I mean, what, like what you said, classes? I politely have a, a red banner up. So. I, well, that's <laughs> politely, <laughs> politely, politely. If you if you zoom in close enough, it's hard to see. There's like a big X through it in like red ink. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, no, that that was that was great. Thank you so much for joining us, Rich. This was uh, this, this was, was a ton of fun, guys. Yeah, yeah. thank you, Rich. We really really do appreciate it. Um, thank you, Chat, for being here. If you guys have yeah, other, for other questions out. or want to talk more about this stuff, feel free to do so on the Discord. Uh, I will be right back in about 15 minutes with the Dungeons and Dragons lore cast. So if you're into tabletop games and D&D, stick around for that. And Rich, thank you for being here. A huge honor to get the, the chance yeah. to talk to you. Um, we really do appreciate it. Hopefully we get together, get together in like Vegas or something again sometime right. soon. I and, would love that. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yep. that would be Beers awesome. Beers on me. Awesome. Sweet. Yes. We'll take you up on it. 
All right. All right. Have a great one. All right, everybody. Have a good rest of your day and stay tuned for the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast. See you guys later. Bye, everybody. Sky's a mark. I gotta hit the other button. There we go. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. If you have something you'd like to contribute to the show, please reach out to us at elderscrollslorecast at gmail.com or on Twitter at ESO Lorecast. I really appreciate you listening and I'd love to hear from you soon. You've been listening to the Robots Radio Podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Hey there, my name's Jameson, or Big Cat. And I am Brenna, or Mother Goose. And together, we are the hosts of The DL Weekly Gaming News. Each week, we bring you the top stories from last week, as well as something you might have missed. Our goal is to start a conversation about what's going on in the world of gaming. And every week, we have a special guest join us in the chat room, where we discuss a different gamer-related topic and learn more about our guests in the 60-second download. And if that isn't enough, we also have Slim Jims. So come and hang out with us every week and join in on the conversation. Good luck and have fun, everybody. And remember, keep your goose loose. Hey, I'm Tom. And I'm Stuart. And we're from the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast. We talk about all things connected to D&D lore. And we're on the Robots Radio Network. So if you're into Dungeons and Dragons or you're into lore, then come check us out. You can find us on any podcatcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get podcasts. Roll more dice. That's the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast. traffic and weather. Well, looks like almost everyone's still dead, so traffic is at a standstill. <laughs> and now a word from our sponsor, because they're totally not bribing me with massive amounts of chems or anything. Seems as the stuffed shirts are back at the White Springs playing games with that total loser modus. But hey, if that's your thing, whatever! So if all you squares wanted to hear more, totally, sort of, but maybe not boring stories about rebuilding Appalachia and being all goody-two-shoes, definitely not raiders, check out this thing they call a podcast, The Modus Files, whatever that's supposed to be, on Spotify, iTunes, and wherever else you listen to those things. Double ugh, they're not paying me enough for this. See you later. This is Rose. Raiders rule. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. 